one 9646 is the number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots to get through today. We'll give you details on the injury calculator and mydisabilityquestions.com as well. A very important and helpful website. First, the week that was, some cases that are uh, coming across your desk or you're currently working on, pal. What's, uh, what's happening? John, what a busy week. Uh, let's just delve into it. Let's talk about uh, a long-term disability case that came across my desk. Uh, so this uh, individual, this lady will never be able to go back to work in her position. Uh, the issue for her uh, is, is that uh, she has paralysis in her foot and weakness uh, in her left leg. So she has mobility issues here. Uh, sh- she's 59 years old. And uh, you know what's happened here is that the insurance company is essentially pressuring her towards the two-year mark on being on, on disability. Right. They're pressuring her uh, to get retrained to be able to do a different position. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, with insurance companies wanting to help you to get retrained so that you can actually get another job. That's a good thing, right? I mean, listen, uh, as much as I talk about people having rights against insurance companies, insurance companies are doing the right thing when they're helping you when you are disabled to try and get into a different field. If they're paying for that, if they're helping you by providing experts, that's fantastic, that's great. In fact, that's what they have to do under the policy. So you should not be resisting that unless unless they are pushing you before you are ready, unless they are pushing you when your doctors are saying that you are not ready, that's a red line. They should not be allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And so they've told her that her benefits are going to get cut off as of October 2nd of this year. So she better do this training. Now, uh, what I understand from her as well is that apparently she's also being let go from her job oh boy. around that time. So you see, we have to unpack a few issues here. What happens when you are on disability and you're told by the insurance company, you're approaching the two-year mark, the definition of total disability now changes. changes. Remember, the first two years of being on LTD, the question is, can you do your own job? Beyond the two years, right, once you pass that threshold, the question becomes, can you do any job for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience? So the insurance company here is trying to help her get another job, but the doctors are not agreeing she has issues with this, and she's being terminated. So with respect to the issue of employment, of course, I'm not an employment lawyer. My partner, Lior, on the employment hour, got it covered. All the lawyers that do employment law at the firm, we work together. So there's going to be a few issues here, right? Because even if she has uh, the right to stay on long-term disability beyond the two-year mark, right, if she can't do any other job for which she's suited for, the fact that she's being let go means that she's going to be entitled to severance from her employer. Mm -hmm. We talked about that, right? But what most people don't know is that when they are let go from their job while on disability, other than that being a potential human rights violation, they're going to get severance. And the LTD insurer is going to come back and say, hold on, John, you got 10 months worth of severance. We are paying you LTD. We want a credit for that severance because LTD is income replacement. That's what they're doing. They're replacing your income. So if you got severance, which is essentially money for, you know, had you been working for 10 months or however long, Insurance company wants that. But because they're terminating this person, the employer, while that person is disabled, that could be a human rights violation. It could be that the severance can be allocated in such a way so that it's not 10 months worth of severance. It's a portion of that. And another portion is allocated to damages for human and rights violations. that they violation. can't touch. The reason, yeah, and, and again, I don't want to lose the audience here. These are technical issues. But what I'm saying is that you have an interplay between this lady's rights vis-a-vis her insurance company that they're cutting her off early, which they should not be doing, and with respect to her employer in terms of severance and employment rights. 
And those two fields of law intersect. And that's why at, the, at my firm, uh, you know, we have lawyers that deal with disability, lawyers that deal with employment so that we can work on both ends as opposed to having lawyers in two separate firms. The right hand right. doesn't know what the left hand is doing. So the individual gets less severance and also doesn't know how to deal with their insurance company right. with respect to that severance. So the lesson here is that if you are on LTD, you are being pushed to go back to work when you're not ready. You're pushed to getting retrained when you're not ready or when your doctors say you're not ready. You have rights. We can help you enforce those rights against the insurance company. If you are being cut off LTD when they, you should not be cutting, getting cut off because you're still unable to go back to any type of work, give us a call, email us. We will help you. We will tell you what your options are. And of course, if you have issues with your employment while you are disabled, again, we can help you with that. That's the beauty of actually having all these lawyers at my firm that do those fields of law. They talk to each other, right? The offices are next to each other. So you are never in a situation where you're exposed and you're vulnerable with respect to your employment or vulnerable with respect to your insurance company. We'll take our first break, a short one here, the number one 888-990-9646 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to a website called mydisabilityquestions.com as well. And your questions and lots more information coming up here, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number you need to have on you. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of Savannah anytime. Uh, some more cases where, uh, or at least you're dealing with. Uh, give me some details. All right, let's talk about a few more things. So mm-hmm. here's another interesting case. I met with uh, this lady. Her name is uh, Sue and uh, her husband. Now she's been on LTD, long-term disability, since November two thousand fifteen for anxiety, chest pains, and fibromyalgia, amongst other things. She told me that she's about to get cut off. Lo and behold, two-year mark. mark. You got it. Now, she's being treated by her family doctor. She has a cardiologist, a pain doctor, and a psychologist. All of them are saying that she should not be going back to work anytime soon. They're saying she is disabled. The insurance company doesn't care. They said that they've reviewed her file, that they actually had a medical team, quote-unquote, review the file, thinking that and stating that she can go back based on their review of the medical documents. Right? Okay. They haven't actually assessed her. They've just reviewed her medical documents. She's 56 years old. They don't want to pay until she's 65, clearly. That's why they're cutting her off. But guess what? She's also on CPP disability. Remember I always say that it's a good idea if you are on LTD to apply, apply to CPP disability. Not only does that give you an independent income source if you get cut off from the LTD insurer and we have to fight them, but... By getting on CPP disability, we have an extra argument here to the insurance company saying, look, the government had deemed this person disabled. Why are you cutting them off? Now, the definition or the criteria for getting CPP disability is slightly different than with LTD insurers, but the general gist of it is the same. You know, you have a severe disability, right, that is persisting. Uh, by the way, John, she even has uh, a disability parking permit. So anyways, she has tremendous That's anxiety. Gold. Well, listen, I mean, but, but it, it all goes to paint a picture, yeah. right? You have someone who is severely disabled in the insurance company, just, you know, willy-nilly is just deciding to cut her off. Uh, she has tremendous anxiety dealing with the insurer. I think that, you know, when we spoke, probably 30 minutes from that conversation was focused on how she was so anxious. Yeah. Every time she had to pick up the phone, answer that email from the adjuster, and her husband also... A lot of anxiety. Um, in fact, I, I was dealing with him for most of the conversation. Uh, she was even experiencing chest pains when she was telling me about this whole thing. Now, here's the thing. I've reviewed some of the medical documents she, she's provided to the insurance company from her cardiologist, from the pain doctor, psychologist. I'll tell you, John, 
I don't see any reason why this insurance company has decided to cut her off. I think the adjuster made a mistake. I think the insurance company made a mistake and we're going to make them pay for it. Now, most people out there, you think, how can you take on this insurance company, these insurance companies? It's a billion dollar business, multi-billion dollar. They have armies of lawyers. Mm -hmm. Yes, but they're not interested in paying this army of lawyers to fight these claims. They pay them to resolve claims. Sorry. Remember, I used to work for insurance companies, I would get paid, yes, to defend the claim for the insurance company, but the overall objective, what I was tasked with as a defense lawyer, was to resolve these claims. Get people off the books. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I, I'll tell you this, maybe, you know, it's not exactly appropriate for me to say this, but I'll share it anyways. It happened so long ago, but I think it still holds true today. Here's a little secret. I would be told by partners at my firm, in fact, I would be told by adjusters that I would be, that I was working with, the, 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 the faster you close claims, the more claims you're going to get. Insurance companies don't want to pay you as the lawyer to handle this file for five years. They understand you're going to charge them. So you understand, as soon as we level the playing field, as soon as you come to me mm-hmm. when you are being cut off or denied LTD, and we start a legal claim and they have to utilize a lawyer, whether that lawyer is an external lawyer from a firm or if it's uh, an internal lawyer, somebody in-house that works for them on salary, they have to pay these people to deal with your claims on the legal front. It's expensive. They're not interested in that. And so what happens? They want to resolve the claim. And then we position your claim in the best possible light, the best possible way, and we negotiate on your behalf. Now, can you do this on your own? People ask me all the time, do I really need you? No, you don't really need me. I mean, listen, if you know how to do an oil change, you don't need to go to a garage. Yeah, you're going to replace your own transmission? No, not really. But you know what? It, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, I know nothing about cars. I'll admit that. Nothing. So, you know, I'll tell you this. It's analogous to me saying to you, despite the fact that I know nothing about cars, that I'm going to build one for you. Right. right? Or I'm going to, you know, take apart the engine, put it together. No, it's a very, very technical area. And that's what we do day in and day out. So anyways, we'll be able to help Sue. Not a difficult case. Uh, In fact, I had just resolved last week a case that we had started literally five months ago. That's quick. It's extremely quick. Extremely quick. And remember a week before that or two weeks before that, Mm -hmm. I was in Ottawa, resolved a case with the insurance company where my client wasn't supposed to get cut off until later this year. So in fact, he was still getting paid as we were dealing with settlement negotiations and we settled the claim for you know future benefits so that he would be able nice. to just move on with his life. So very, very important. If you are battling an insurance company, you do not have to battle them on your own. It's causing you anxiety. It's causing your family members anxiety. Don't deal with that. Let us deal with them. As soon as we get retained to help you with your long-term disability case, you are no longer speaking with the adjuster or anyone from the insurance company. They can't. No, right? they speak with us. They speak with us. And that's it's a huge, huge burden off their shoulders. one 9646 That is the phone number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you haven't checked it out yet, fightformyltd.com and mydisabilityquestions.com as well. We'll cover both those websites and what they're all about. Uh, very shortly, lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. one 9646 Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. A couple more cases and we'll get to a bunch of your emails because I know your questions are uh, coming through as well. That's right. Okay, let's talk about an interesting uh, situation here. I say interesting in quotes because this really, really boils my blood. So I spoke with this gentleman who has a very serious case. It's an accident. Uh, It's a uh, car accident that happened about a year and a half ago. His lawyer, apparently, the lawyer he retained, hasn't started a claim yet. 
despite the fact that he was retained by this individual with all of these serious injuries almost immediately after the accident. Right. Accident wasn't his fault. Uh, and again, he's got fractures all over. He's got rib fractures. There's a concussion. He's actually got a fracture uh, in his L5, in his back. Mm-hmm. It's a compression fracture. Lower back. Re- yeah. Lower back. Really bad. Tons of pain. Can't work. Um, so, you know, he wanted to meet with me to speak about the status of his claim, which, of course, I found out there was no status because nothing actually happened. Uh, and, you know, here's the problem. The problem is that he keeps calling his lawyer or the lawyer's office, and he keep, keeps getting told the lawyer is too busy to meet. Nice. What, the, what does that mean? What, what do you mean it's too busy to meet? <laughs> Speak with the it's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> s- schedule an appointment for next week, next month. I yeah. mean, I don't even understand the concept. If my assistant ever told a client I am too busy to meet and I found out about that, she won't be here tomorrow. Huh. I, I can't even understand that. Now, again... You know, it's not, I'm not recommending that people switch lawyers, but I do recommend that you understand that these are your cases. And by you, I mean you who's listening, who's undergoing something like this, whether it's a disability case, an injury case, a real estate case, or a family case, Mm -hmm. or whatever other case. These are your cases. Lawyers are not gods, despite the fact that many of them would like to think that they are. Okay? They're not. They don't have the right to tell you that they are too busy. It's possible that if a client calls me right now while I'm on the show, yes, I'm too busy to take a call. But to say I'm too busy and that's it, and I'm not going to meet with you, no. no, that is completely improper. Imagine if you had a family doctor and you called the family doctor, the office, and they said, no, nah, doctor's too busy to meet with you. So in other words, the assistant doesn't say, I can schedule you in for two weeks right. from now or three weeks. No, no, he's too busy. You'd be finding another doctor immediately. So why, why would you stay with a lawyer who's saying that he's too busy to meet with you? And maybe there was a miscommunication, but my understanding from this gentleman is that, no, this was a persistent issue over the last year and a half. So let's move on to the substantive aspect of that mm-hmm. case. A year and a half passes by. So a year and a half, this lawyer apparently hasn't done anything. Again, remember, I'm going off of what the individual is saying. If you had a car accident and you suffered mild injuries, soft tissue, you know, you had a little bit of back pain, a little bit of neck pain, nothing broken, nothing torn. You went back to work in a day or two, a week, whatever. I understand why a lawyer would say, listen, let's wait a few months, even a year. I don't like doing that, but let's wait some time to see how your injuries evolve. Because at the end of the day, if you are all back to normal within a month, two months, five months, whatever, there is no point starting a claim. It's not going to be worth your while. Can I extract some money for you? Maybe, but I want to take. I don't want to take you through that process. We don't operate on a factory mentality. Yeah. Okay? Cost I'm benefits not, not there. Yeah, right. I don't want to go through your claim, get you through the process. You know, sort of. You know, put you through the sausage maker for the you know a year, two years, whatever yeah. it is, only for you to get get a, a few shackles in the end, right? Exactly. It's yeah. just not fair to you, and frankly, it's just not the way that we do things. Okay, but that said, you have an injury that is very serious fractures, concussions, they're not going away, potential brain injury, TBI, traumatic brain injury, Mm -hmm. things like that, you got to move quickly. And if you are going to a law office and that law office sits on your file and they're doing absolutely nothing, they're not requesting the police records, they're not requesting your medical records, they're not issuing a claim, they're not doing anything, what, 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 why, why would you stay with them? Yeah. Why would you stay with, it makes no sense to me, right? So as far as I'm concerned, very, very important. Someone comes to me with a very serious injury. We have to start working on this now. There are a lot of things that are going to hinge on the actions that we take now. And, you know, it's going to be a cascading effect in terms of what's going to happen in a year or a year and a half, whatever had, you know, whatever happens. So 
Anyways, I spoke with this gentleman and I, I'm glad to do this with other people. Again, I'm not in the business of pulling clients away. In fact, I, I don't like doing that. And I often tell people that's a last resort. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I'll never tell someone come to me if you have another lawyer. What I may say is I'm seeing all these red flags. You may want to consider your representation. And it's not just me, by the way. There's other colleagues I can recommend you to. You know, I, I, we're, we're busy enough. Right. If you want to come to me, by all means. But I've had situations where people have contacted me, very serious injuries. They've had a lot of questions. I've found out who the lawyers were, uh, the law firms that were presenting them. And I'll tell you, John, I saw that these law firms in several of these cases were fantastic. I knew the lawyers. I figured, you know, there's just a miscommunication. I told that individual, those people that came to me, I, I said, listen, you are in good hands. You do not need to leave them for me or for another lawyer. You can stay with them. In fact, if you'd like, I can speak with that lawyer, right, to make clear yeah. that you have concerns, but I don't suggest that you leave them. So I'm going to give you the straight goods. That's my point. But it's your case. That's the lesson. It's your case. Whatever case you have, disability, injury, family, whatever it is, real estate, it's your case. Don't let the lawyers simply brush you off. one 9646 the number, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more. The Insurance Injury Law Show continues. Talk radio, AM 640. one 9646 is the number, and it is mydisabilityquestions.com, that website, and fightformyltd.com. Let's go through both those uh, right now, shall we? We've been talking about them, My Disability Questions. So that's a fantastic website. It's been in operation for several years. Mm-hmm. If you have a long-term disability question, you've been cut off, uh, you've been denied. You know someone who has been denied or cut off. I have people who are you know, emailing the, or, or posting questions on behalf of friends and family members. It's a free website. It's a question and answer website. And guess what? I'm the one answering the questions. So you're communicating with me. And all you're doing there really by going there, first of all, you can actually look. You can scan prior questions and answers. So chances are your questions have already been answered. But by all means, go ahead and post your question, whatever that question is. You're being sent for a defense medical assessment. Uh, you've just had a settlement and you don't understand why, it, you know, the amount that you got was taxed. Again, anything within the context of long-term disability, post your question for free and you'll get an answer from me within a few minutes. Awesome. Fantastic. Fightformyltd.com as well. That's excellent, uh, an excellent website as well. Again, free. And all it is is it, it sort of simplified the assessment for long-term disability cases out there. Many people just don't want to call up the lawyer. For whatever reason, they don't feel comfortable. Go on this website, fightformyltd.com. On the left side of the screen, you'll see some interesting information that could be of help to you with your case. On the right side of the screen, you'll see that there are five questions, very simple questions. It'll take you literally less than a minute to answer. Uh, Input the information in there. Just type it in, those five simple questions. Press submit, and then I will get that email with the information, and I will tell you if you have a case against your insurance company or not. Again, doesn't cost you a thing. Absolutely free. We'll get to an email here. Don writes in, says, my husband has been getting long-term disability uh, for various psychological issues. And recently he went to see an insurance psychiatrist. Uh, psychiatrist. We're afraid what would happen if the psychiatrist says that his condition is not bad enough not to be working when it really is. Uh, what can we uh, do and what should we do if this happens? Don, thanks for your email. And this is a very good question because it, it does come up quite uh, frequently where you know LTD insurers will send individuals on LTD to assessments. And insurance company really do this because they want to figure out if the person is still disabled, if they can't do any work. And, you know, you may be submitting reports from your family doctor and your specialists, but the insurance company feels comfortable or more comfortable 
seeing what their doctors are, are, are saying. You know, the fallacy there, the problem is, and this is endemic of the type of law that we practice uh, in, in disability and injury law, a lot of these insurance doctors, they may be very good doctors, but they're getting paid by the insurance companies. They want to continue getting paid by these insurance companies. And so oftentimes, they will assess the individual, they'll go through an assessment, and they'll write a report that is favorable to the insurance company, right? What does that mean? It means that they're going to give the insurance company the backup they need to cut the person off. Yep. You know, that case that I told you about that I resolved a few weeks ago, the one where my client still is getting paid LTD, but we just resolved the claim, he was dealing with severe psychiatric issues, and he was sent to a psychiatrist hired by the defense. And here, what this, this is what was striking by that report. It was a very lengthy report that the psychiatrist for the insurance company produced. When you read the report, it is so detailed. And, you know, as you're reading it, you're actually not even sure that the psychiatrist was hired by the defense. It almost looks like it's one-sided for the plaintiff. It really outlines all of the issues this person has had since childhood. Wow. Only when you get to the end... That's only the conclusion of the psychiatrist is that, no, but this person with the right treatments within three months should be able to go back to work. And that's it. It was insane. It, there was such a disparity between the conclusion of that psychiatrist that was hired by the insurance company right. and his report. We tore that apart. That wasn't an issue for us. We resolved the claim. But, you know, Don's asking me, well, what do we do? You know, the insurance psychiatrist here could give a report, and that report could be very detrimental to my husband. They may cut him off. Well, Don, the reality is, yeah, they may very well cut him off. So here's what you guys need to do. After he goes through that assessment, you ask the adjuster for a copy of that report. You go through it with a fine-tooth comb. You make sure you note up any inaccuracies, inconsistencies, any information that the doctor says he obtained from um, your, your husband, whatever those are, maybe the type of medications he's on, maybe the type of treatments he's had in the past, anything like that, Make a list of those inaccuracies and, and, and mistakes and send them off to the adjuster and say, these are all inaccuracies and mistakes. Right. In parallel, give that report to your treating um, or to your husband's treating specialists, your husband's um, psychologist or psychiatrist, whoever, and make sure that they review that insurance report, insurance doctor's report, and that they provide their counter report if they disagree with any of the conclusions or any of the recommendations made by the insurance psychiatrist. So you see what you're doing here is you're basically counterpunching. If the insurance psychiatrist comes back and says, no, your husband is able to go back to work, counterpunch. Make sure you get a copy of that. Give that to your husband's psychologist or psychiatrist. Get them to provide a counter report explaining why the defense psychiatrist is wrong. Shouldn't they trump it anyway? Because this the, the the psychiatrist hired by the uh, hired by the insurance company seen you once. This other physician may be treating you for the last two years. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And and in fact, that's often the case where uh, you know when I have a client and I'll go to my client specialists and I'll say, you know, when you counterpunch, when you prepare a report that completely deflates. Uh, and takes the winds out of the sales of the insurance doctor's reports, mm-hmm. make sure you stress how long you've been treating my client. Right? The insurance doctor is only seeing uh, this person once, max two times. Usually it's just once. Yeah. And for a short period of time, the specialist treating the individual in disability has been seeing them for months, if not years. There's a lot more weight that is going to be put, in my opinion, on the treating physicians and and and, and practitioners 
because they have the best interests for at sure. heart for the individual they're treating. one 9646 is that number. Again, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is the email address. We'll get to more of those after a short break in the Insurance and Injury Law Show. It's Talk Radio, AM 640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six and help at the insurancelawyer.ca. If you have questions uh, after the show, simple mydisabilityquestions.com. Savannah answers those uh, himself. Question that we get uh, quite a bit, and I know we've been emailed this one as well. What is a sounds kind of gruesome, but what's an accidental death and dismemberment claim? All right, so this is this is interesting because many people actually have this kind of coverage through work, uh, through work benefits, but they're not aware of it. So these are called AD and D claims, accidental death and dismemberment. And uh, they basically arise from injuries that were suffered uh, in an accident. Many group benefit plans through work include coverage like this. In fact, some private life and disability insurance policies also include this kind of coverage. Uh, You may even have that through credit cards that you carry. Now, what it is is that the policy, this insurance policy, usually specifies a lump sum payment, okay, in the event something happens. Uh, Payments are made for death, uh, and a list of other types of losses. For example, if you've lost a limb or if you became blind, uh, other forms of dismemberment. Again, sounds very gruesome, but these things do happen and many people don't know that they have this coverage. Now, many claims like this hinge on whether total loss of use has occurred, okay, as defined by the policy. Now, when a claim has been denied, and we see this often, we often help these individuals. And for people who either are in this situation or people who say, okay, I still don't understand what this is, here's what I'll refer you to. Go on Google, type in my name, okay, Sivan Tumarkin, and the name Mitch Murphy, M-I-T-C-H, Mitch Murphy, Mm -hmm. M-U-R-P-H-Y. And the reason I say that is because a few months back, one of my clients had this kind of a claim, and this made its way to the National Post. The CBC was running a story on it. So when you type my name and his name, you will see the National Post article and the CBC article will have his picture, and really you will see what I'm talking about. In that, and by the way, I can't talk about the details right. of what's, I, you can read the articles because those are you know in the public domain, but essentially this kid, and I say kid, but he's in his 20s, uh, fell about 20 feet, uh, broke his spine, uh, and uh, essentially became paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. And through his mother's policy through work, he was supposed to get $120,000 under this kind of a policy, this AD&D policy. And the insurance company's position was, no, you did not suffer a, lo- a total loss of use of your legs, even though he's in a wheelchair for life. So, you know, that claim has since been resolved. Okay, I can't share any more details, but you know, if you want to understand more or know more, just go and type those words, Ivan Tumarkin, Mitch Murphy, and you'll see. But understand, if you or someone you know is fighting with an insurance company over a policy like this, we can help. Okay, don't simply assume, like many people do, that you can't take on an insurance company. They're in the business of paying as little as possible. And one of the ways they do it is by denying legitimate claims. They may have their own arguments as to why the claims are not legitimate. That's okay. But oftentimes, you know, if the claim is legitimate, you know, people know it. You know, in that case, Mitch's case, he and his mother knew that. I mean, he became paralyzed. How can you say that he did not suffer a total loss of use of his legs, for God's sake? So, you know, if you're in that situation, someone is in that situation that you know, tell them to call me. 
At the very least, I will look at all the documentation and I will tell you what your rights are. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Albert writes in through email. Says uh, my cousin was in the military about ten years ago, and when he came back, he became a security consultant. About four months ago, his son died in a car accident, and he was devastated. He applied to LTD and was denied. Their letter said that he didn't have enough medical proof that he was disabled, but his doctor says it's PTSD. Can you help him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we can help, Albert. And thank you very much for for contacting us on your cousin's behalf. Again, I'm I'm always I'm amazed how much, you know, how many calls and emails and just requests I get to speak about cases when it's not the individual who's suffering that's contacting yeah. me. It's a concerned friend or family member. So you know, kudos to you, Albert. Look, you know, I I, I did not serve in the military, but I have tremendous respect for people who are in the military. And again, this is one of the things that makes my blood boil when, you know, I, I, especially in this case where you're dealing with someone not only was in the military, but, you know, he has a tragedy that happened in his life. And, and here he is applying for LTD legitimately, right? He's got PTSD confirmed by a physician. And the insurance company says that he doesn't qualify. I, I just, it, it, it's just mind boggling. You know, I've had claims, John, where it was just so obvious that the insurance company's position was wrong that as soon as we got involved, as soon as we got involved and the insurance company transferred internally the case to a defense lawyer, we didn't go through any of the steps of what it takes to go through a legal claim. What happened in those cases, the lawyer for the insurance company within 10 minutes, well, not 10 minutes, within a few hours and some consultations internally of reviewing the claim calls me up and says, Sivan, off the record, yeah. holy cow, my client should not have done that. Yeah. We would like to pay the claim. Are you okay with that? To which I say, yes, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Thank you for finally coming to your senses. So, you know, don't assume that you are simply on your own. Don't assume that you have no recourse. Again, you're dealing with entities whose objective is to pay as little as possible or nothing. And the way they do that is by simply rejecting valid claims discontinuing or cutting off people who are legitimately entitled to these benefits. And listen, I'm not going to say that every claim they deny is legitimate. No, people come to me sometimes and I tell them, look, the insurance company is correct. I'm assessing everything. I'm not going to tell you you have a case if you don't have a case. But in many instances, no, the insurance company is not correct and it's not difficult to resolve that claim with them. 1-888-990-9646. That is the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. More of those coming through in just a, a few minutes here. We'll get more uh, time on the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. 1-888-990-9646 is the number. If you haven't emailed Savannah yet or you want to, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And anytime you want to go to fightformyltd.com, that is there. So is mydisabilityquestions.com. You can ask your question about that. It will be answered by... Savannah himself. So we just talked about PTSD, psychological claims, the proportion between psychological and physical. Do you treat them differently? Uh, yeah, we do. Well, yes and no. Um, we treat them differently only in as much as there is a real bias in the insurance industry where because claims are psychological, you can't see the impairment yeah, or there's the no band-aid. illness. There's no Band-Aid. There's nothing broken you can see on an X-ray. There is a stigma associated with that. And the stigma is not not that you know, that it's illegitimate. It's that, well, you can't prove it, right? So it's almost like the onus of proof is higher, even though it's not at law, it's higher from a perception standpoint to the insurance company. So if you want to really be successful with a claim for disability with the insurance company, you're going to have to show that 
you've had formal diagnoses, uh, uh, the major depression, anxiety, phobia, PTSD, whatever it is, then those diagnoses were made by certain practitioners, be they psychologists, psychiatrists, people who have expertise in the area, and that you're seeking treatments and getting treatments. If you say, look, I can't work because of all of these psychological issues, and I haven't been able to work in the last five months, but I'm not seeking any treatments, that's going to cast doubt on your yeah. claim. So you have to make sure that you know you don't do that, that you, in fact, do seek out treatments. And even if your family doctor doesn't refer you to anyone, be proactive and ask for a referral. Now, in terms of proportion of claims, I, I tell you, it's probably 50-50. Uh, the thing is, though, that a lot of times you have sort of um, um, quasi-psychological and physical claims. For example, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, these types of claims and many others they have, there's an interplay between the physical mm-hmm. and the psychological. In fact, oftentimes, you have physical pains. Which leads to psychological. Exactly, right? because, yeah. you, you know, for example, you know, you're depressed because you're always in pain, always popping in meds. You can't sleep properly, so there's a sleep disturbance. That's affecting your memory, concentration, which, again, leads to and reinforces depression, anxiety, and everything else. So it's a mix, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, oftentimes insurance companies are very skeptical of these because you can just allege you have that. That's why the proof is so important. So, yeah, I see a lot of them. You know, if you are dealing with an insurance company who's telling you, no, 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 it's just psychological or we don't cover anxiety or depression or whatever, that is nonsense. Okay. The majority, the vast majority of LTD policies, in fact, everyone I've ever seen, the test is not do you have a physical disability or a psychological disability. The test is... Are you totally disabled? Can you do your job for the first two years? Mm-hmm. Beyond that, can you do any job for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience? Yeah. So, you know, the fact that you have a certain type of disability, that should not preclude you from meeting that criteria. Again, we always look at the wording of the policy. There's different policies circulating around there. But that's really the test. It's not, is it psychological or physical or both? It's, are you disabled from working? Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is the email. Gavin writes in, says, three years ago, a good friend of mine was in an accident and became paralyzed from the waist down. He's going to be in a wheelchair for life, but still goes to therapy. Uh, Though a work insurance policy, he is owed over $200,000, but the insurance company denied his claim twice because they say he didn't suffer a total loss of his legs under the policy. This sounds familiar. Uh, I don't understand how that can be. Can you do something about it? Well, there you go. We just talked about that. Gavin just talked about that. Yep. Uh, you're talking about the AD&D uh, policy, accidental death and dismemberment claim. Uh, listen, if he's paralyzed from the waist down, it's very similar to the case I just mentioned to you. Uh, yeah, I just I need to see the medical documents. I need to understand a little bit more about the case. But again, it's not the first time, or it's not gonna it's not gonna be the last time that I see these kinds of claims, legitimate claims, where someone has a you know a legitimate claim to an AD&D policy because they become paralyzed. And the insurance company says you did not suffer a total loss of use or an entire loss of use, whatever those words are in the policy. So, Gavin, absolutely, I would love to uh, meet with your friend. I'll come to wherever he is. uh, And, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to work this out. And I can tell you, insurance companies, in my experience, again, they don't want to deal with these kinds of claims. No. And, And think about this way, okay? You have somebody who's become paralyzed, they're seeking uh, compensation under that claim, which is quite frankly, you know, they should be getting immediately. What would happen if this thing ever made its way to a court in front of a judge and a judge seeing that individual 
being wheeled in on in a wheelchair. You know, I, again, I don't want to have this image mm-hmm. that everybody has about personal injury lawyers, particularly in the U.S. Yeah. You know, put a neck brace, ambulance on. chasers, right? But yeah. but you're dealing with a legitimate paralysis yep. claim, right? So insurance companies are very very cognizant of the optics. They don't want to be in a courtroom. They don't want to have you know John Doe paralyzed from the waist down versus insurance company X, right? This is going to turn out like a John Grisham novel. It's not going to turn out well right. for the insurance company. And they know it. They know it. But the insurance companies are doing what they're doing because they are hoping that Gavin's friend is simply going to go away. Yep. It's going to give up. Right? That's the calculation. We'll take it for uh, another week. Uh, in closing, some numbers, some emails you want to get to. one 990 to get a hold of Savan. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you have any questions weren't answered today, didn't answer, uh, didn't ask them, mydisabilityquestions.com as well. There's a great website for that. You can also check out fightformyltd.com as well. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640.